This episode is sponsored by our friends at SongTrust. SongTrust is the world's largest technology solution for global music publishing, royalty collection, and administration. It was founded to simplify music rights management and to remove complexity from the publishing landscape. SongTrust collects publishing royalties for more than 2 million songs with a community of more than 300,000 songwriters and rights holders. Use promo code PUBCAST20 and sign up for 20% off your SongTrust registration. All right, kids, we have a jam-packed episode today talking about everyone's favorite subject, money. I'm Zoom meeting with Tracy Hackney with Music Royal Wealth Management and Miss Laura Veltz, who's penned such hits as The Bones by Maren Morris and Speechless by Dan and Shay. They share important tips from their book, Songwriter Suit, to be released soon about how a songwriter should financially prepare for the future. Welcome, podcast listeners. I'm so excited today to be talking about a subject that's near and dear to my heart, and that is the financial side of the music business. And specifically, we're going to be discussing what you as writers need to be doing to take care of yourselves and your finances. And I can't tell people enough how often I have these conversations, particularly with starting young writers on what you're to do with this draw, what that means, how to make this work and survive, as well as all of a sudden I had a writer going from $40,000 a year to all of a sudden they had a couple of hits and they made $400,000 that year. What do I do? So we're sitting with two of my friends and in full disclosure, Tracy Hackney with Music Row Wealth Management is also my financial guru. So there, put that on the table. <laughs> so I welcome Tracy. And uh, we also have a dear friend, amazing hit songwriter, Laura Veltz, who also is just an amazing human, does uh, astronomically cool things uh, to help people as well. But you two, which I found out whether we were putting this podcast together, I originally approached Tracy and said, hey, would you be interested in talking about wealth management? Because that is not a topic that we're taught enough in school nor in the music business for, for writers and even professionals like me, because Tracy knows I'm a hot mess, but he, he's helping me out. So, <laughs> But then he mentioned you two had gotten together and we're working on the very same thing. So how excited was I to let you guys jump in and be a part of this podcast episode? So Tracy, if you want to start and maybe uh, you could give a little background. I, I think people have Google and can kind of Google the high points, but uh, maybe start with how, how did this come about and what, uh, you know, was the catalyst for this um, book that you guys are working on? Yeah, it's, it's an awesome story, Tim, because uh, one of Laura's big advocates early on is a good friend of mine, Mike Molinar. And before Laura had, really, she had just, gotten some traction, just a smidge of traction. Mike came to me and said, Hey man, I, I want you to sit down with Laura. Music Row hadn't caught up with her yet, but she's going to, she's writing amazing music. Um, so Laura and I met really early on in her career. And uh, then just, I think Laura, how long did we work together before we actually really did business together? I mean, it was probably, at least a couple of years, I think. I think I asked myself, like, why did you meet with me? Like a lot. <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe there's a, you know, maybe there's a sense or whatever when, you know, all that good stuff. But yeah, it was way earlier than really I justified, you know, you didn't, you, I don't think you've 
you know, a financial advisor intends to make money off of his clients. And we weren't in that field until, I don't know, last year. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's been like seven years, I think seven or seven years, is it? It's been We've seven been years. Yeah. 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 And, and so we started off really early on and I think we'll touch on this kind of in the, what should a young songwriter be doing? But some of those key things that we did just develop this relationship over time. And, uh, and then one day, a couple of years ago, maybe a year and a half ago, we're sitting in a meeting together and Laura is incredibly open about her, her sort of upbringing, her, what we call a money scripts, words that are going on in your head about money and how that affects you emotionally and how it affects you creatively. So we were having one of these great conversations and I just shared with her, I said, Laura, I've, I've thought about writing a book for years about managing money in the music business because creatives are just different people. They need different guidance and, and patience and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I'm, I said, Laura, I'm convinced we should write this together because you like, you're so open about it and you have so much to say about your experience and that we just started knocking out chapters. <laughs> it, was, it was amazing. His ideas for this book were so relevant to every conversation a writer has, like at least once in a writing room, someone's like, Hey, uh, so what you doing with your money? Or like the, the questions that happen, we're all like by osmosis trying to figure out what the hell we're doing <laughs> with yeah. this strange career. And one of the key moments in talking with Tracy, when we were discussing the book initially was, he was really focused on the financial pitfalls. And then I started thinking about all of the mental pitfalls that are honestly like they're hand in hand with the financial pitfalls, the, the way we kind of like mentally attack ourselves when we're stressed out. And, you know, Tracy's life is all about mitigating worry so that we can stay creative. And his uh, intentions with the book really coincided with some things I was thinking about just like, how, how, why are people so unhappy? Why are people so stressed? How can we help the next generation to not live with so much stress? So we really came together on that front and gave ourselves these roles in this book that it, it bats back and forth. It's really adorable to me as I read it down. Cause it's like, clearly I don't know anything about money, you know, cause every time it's like, take it Tracy, you know, when it gets to the money <laughs> parts and then, when he's like, you know what, I've never been in a writing room, take it, Laura. And so we kind of go back and forth, uh, just giving advice on how to stay sane and secure uh, while you're, you know, climbing the ranks in the songwriting industry. Let's jump in at the very beginning and go, okay, I'm a new writer in town. When and why should I start talking about money? And and who should I see? That's another important thing because there are business managers and you're a wealth manager. There's a couple little different things there. So let's, and uh, so, because it, it does work to you, Laura. Laura, you can play new writer because uh, I do realize I hear that you're Laura's the one. It, yeah. <laughs> well, if you want to start it, well, like when you signed your first deal, Tell us what that was like. Did you even think about it? And I think most of us, as I kind of mentioned, is 
we're scared to ask the question because we don't come off looking like idiots. And I always say, ask the dumb question, people. Don't be caught because this can wholly affect your future. And as I know, as a, as a business professional, these things tend to get in writer psyches. Like what you mentioned it, you're in a writer room talking about money and deals takes it off the creative. So you need to prepare in advance so you don't worry about those things so you can be fully creative, right? So yes. Laura, going back to you, when you're first starting out, when did you start going, oh, I might need to think about this or what, what triggered you to think about that? I think my experience was so stressed right out off the bat because I feel like songwriters fall into two categories. It's like, it's like this guy who's just like spend a thon McGee. And then the other person that's like a clenched, you know, but you know what I mean? Like, I feel like those are the two categories of songwriters and I fall into the, you know, the latter one. So I feel like, and it's because of how I was raised, but the thing you're asking that I think is really interesting is that be afraid to ask the questions thing. I think, you know, I wasn't afraid to ask the questions to my co-writers, but my co-writers are no authority on any of these things because none of them had any, none of us knew what we were doing. So like I said, it's very osmosis. Like, what do you think? What, you know, and I I don't think uh, I would have had the same experience without the mic introduction to Tracy. If I hadn't had somebody interrupt that conversation and say, hey, 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 like I would be in a completely different financial place right now. So I think the answer is as soon as possible, addressing things like taxes. We talk about the, in the book quite a bit, the, the concept of the habits scale up. If you spend too much when you first get to town, you're going to spend too much when you have, you know, a lot of money. If you don't understand that your house has to match how much money you make in some way, then you're going to have way too big a house and you're going to get all those things happen, you know, and people end up in this like very roller coastery financial situation. So when I first started out, I was, you know, too stressed out. And honestly, Tracy's role in my life was to get the worry off of my back. And he did it with like, I swear it was a 10 minute conversation. It was just an organization, organizational advice on how I, uh, organized my very measly shit draw that we all get when we first get to town. I mean, it's hilariously low and just making sure that I knew where to put that. And then my first big royalty check, knowing what that meant, because, you know, something Tracy says, and I'm sure this is like kind of a meme, but like that first check looks like a bass boat to most people. And because it's so intimidating right off the bat because you've been making this little crappy draw and then suddenly you have all this money. So that's where Tracy caught me was right before the bass boat. You know what I mean? Right. (laughs) And so I think, again, it depends on the type of songwriter. Uh, Some people need to be told to like cool it. And some people need to be told you're going to be okay. And I think Tracy is the person that helps kind of recognize who's who and soothe because that's how you mitigate worry and stay creative well flipping it back to you tracy is a guy that's seeing it from your end when when should these combos and i love that mike by the way is the one because i think it's on us as the biz uh, on the business side to encourage our uh young writers and and even the establishment get with somebody to help you because obviously this has been a help to you or so tracy you want to jump in on that and give your 
thoughts? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think first thing to say is that you, you have to acknowledge that this is a vulnerable conversation. So the first time that Laura and I got together, she was stressed and she had, I, I can't remember Laura, if it was you, but I know I've heard this from one of my early clients was, why am I here? You know, this <laughs> question of, can you tell me why I'm here? Because it was early. And um, I think at some level, all new writers meeting with any financial person would ask the same thing. Like, why am I here? And the answer is to take that. Our mission is to take that financial worry off the table because like you said, Tim, for you as the, as the publisher, there's benefits because the, the writer's more creative. Um, and for the writer, they go into that room fresh and ready to, ready to create, which cannot be burdened by, money worries. I think that's one of the heaviest weights that would squash creativity. And so having a, a love of music myself, it seems like I get to kind of participate in Laura's creative um, ventures because I'm helping her take those worries off the table. That's the excitement for me, to be honest, um, and really one of the driving forces. And one of the things, like you said, about planning, calling the play before it happens. So for instance, um, having enough clients have gone through these phases as we call them, we'll talk about that in a second, I'm sure. But I can look at somebody who's fresh off, fresh into town and say, hey, here's the typical way a songwriter's career works. And therefore, do these three things right now, which is open a business checking, have a business savings account that is your tax account and put 30% there every time. You know, it's so simple, so simple. But nobody, I didn't think about it when I was 25 years old, you know. Um, I've met virtually every client I've met runs all their business expenses straight through their personal. And it's it's probably a nightmare at the end of the, you know, this time of year when you're trying to pay tax. And it's so simple to do uh, to set up those accounts. So I think... I love having conversations with young writers as early as possible. I mean, we may not do business together for three years, but business managers take risks, managers take risks, publishers take risks. Why shouldn't I? Um, so I just don't have that sort of the, that typical in my world. You typically have minimums, and you know, if you don't have a million dollars to invest, sorry, I can't talk to you. I, I just don't play that game because. It's not the right way to play it in this industry at all. I'm going to flip to you. I want to touch again back on that, that business account and a personal, because I know things change. Uh, we do the same and because my wife also has her own business and I've had different entities as well in my career that affords you other write-offs that your personal does not as well, correct? Like if you structure it right, you can, like you were saying, if I take X to launch or I'm at Whiskey Jam and it's a legit, like I'm networking, I could probably make a, an argument that I could write that off or I need to get a guitar and yes, that on occasion, certain tools of the trade are write-offable. Are there certain things that, that make sense that you can address to give them not to encourage you spending money you shouldn't spend, but wisely things you can write off that would fall under the business side that if you only had a personal, you couldn't do. Does that make sense that I frame that up right? Absolutely. Yeah. And one of the things we make a point of and throughout the book really is that 
you are a self-employed business. This, this is not, I know it's creative. I know um, that's a big piece of it, but it is still a business and you're running it as the songwriter, you know? So that meant that mindset, I think is really important. And that's what plays into all this sort of, sort of get, get your ducks in a row. Um, because really the, and I'm not an accountant, we're not giving tax advice. There's my disclosure. Um, <laughs> but, but the law is pretty loose. It's pretty open on, on what is a deduction, especially as a songwriter, because if, if I have an iTunes account, is that research? I think an accountant, I know an accountant that would argue that. Um, if I buy a guitar, yes, absolutely. That's a tool of the trade. If I buy logic on my computer, if I have a mic microphone, all those things are, are uh, usable tools of the trade. Or if I'm whiskey, anything you mentioned, coffee with Laura, whiskey jam, all that is a deductible expense. The important thing here is that you, you can't just go out and buy a Martin D28 from 1950 and think that's a good investment if you're on a $30,000 a year draw, right? <laughs> so, so, you know, there's the same as Laura was saying about make your house fit your, fit your budget. It's the same about the, the tools of the trade. So I think by buying things for the tax deduction, I, I hear this mostly from engineers because they're gearheads, you know, so they love gear. Um, hey, do you, I'm at the end of the year. You think I should go buy some gear? Like, do you need gear? Because it's still an expense, right? So um, the answer, the real answer is the, the law is broad and a lot of things can fall into that, um, the purvey of a, d a deduction from a business standpoint. The advantage of the account is that it makes it easy to monitor. Uh, that to me, uh, I'm all about, you know, again, for creatives, setting up things that just make it automatic. Like you don't have to go through your statements. Oh, you know, what was this? What was it? It's everything business. Here it is done. Do you mind and, if I mash that just a quick? Sure. What Tracy, what Tracy is talking about is different than the bank account thing. I'm speaking just because if I was listening to this 10 years ago, I'd be like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's talking about a, either a credit card or some way for paying thing, paying for things. So when you met with me, your two suggestions were the three accounts and have a credit card specifically or a debit card, whatever, mm -hmm. but one that is specifically aimed towards the expenses you guys are discussing. So these are two different things. Bank accounts was what we were talking about before. This is more of a credit card situation. And something that Tracy also like directed me to are beneficial credit cards for me, which everyone has a different one. If you fly to home to visit your grandma twice a month, then you're, there's a card for you. If you're a cash back guy, there's a card for you. And just making sure that those cards never intertwine, that allows you to just print out the statement in January, hand it to your tax guy, and then you don't have to go through with the you know, highlighter from the eighties, figuring out, you know, Oh, which, which thing did I spend? It's, it's more ease, I think, than anything. It's the ease of being able to hand over paperwork instead of uh, having to think about it. So I just want to make sure that was clear because if it was me back in the day, I'd be like, yeah, the important part I, I take away from that is making your life more simple by doing yes. certain yes. steps in the front end, 
because look, ultimately we all want to just, you know, I think work to some place where we have financial security, which is somewhat elusive in the music business at times. But, uh, you know, you have this end game. Uh, I was told at the time when I was sitting with my financial manager, because if you can have $3 million in a bank account when you're almost my age now, which I can tell you, I don't quite have $3 million in a bank account. Tracy knows that. But uh, <laughs> you can retire at the level that you're accustomed to. So I do think it really comes down. I, this is the same advice I give my, my I have a 27 year old daughter who's going through transition and she's just, you know, she's got her master. So it took her a while to get there. It's like, planning because she's one that's more I, I like to your point where at the very beginning you mentioned there's different types of writers i find there's different kinds of people she just doesn't want to look at it she doesn't want to talk about it she won't look at it because if she doesn't yeah. look at it, it doesn't cause her stress but did she stress because she doesn't want to look at it right but if you take the time now right now no matter where you're at in your career maybe you've had some hits and you've blown through some money or maybe you're brand new in your career if you take the time to look at the stress is removed because you understand it and understanding it is important. It removes a lot of unknowns. Right. And you're talking about because we're we are whipping out a lot of terms. And, and I was going to touch more uh, some other ones, Tracy, you can touch on because there's there's multiple ways to save your money as well. Like there's different accounts, different ways that they, they affect you, Roths or or mutual funds or whatnot. And um, but removing that 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 fear is so important and it, and it, it does give you peace to just go do what you do best. And it, that applies to me as a business owner and, uh, and, uh, and, and what I do in my life and my family and trying to take care of my kids. So jump in there and have these conversations. Cause if you're hearing, it makes your life simpler and simplicity is good. It removes some of the concern and, and it gives you knowledge and you can't start that process soon enough. So Tracy, thanks so much for jumping in and, and sharing some of y'all's and having you and Laura here has been a, a delight. And I'm looking forward to actually reading the book as well. Cause again, as we, this initially started off, it's, it's a value that people need to hear. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the AIMP Nashville Pubcast. Subscribe now on your favorite podcast platform and follow us at AIMP Nashville to keep up with news, events, panels, and even new episodes. The AIMP Nashville Pubcast is created by executive producers Dale Bobo and Tim Hunsey, producer Brandon Harrington, mixing and editing by Casey Porter. Thanks for listening and supporting the AIMP Nashville Pubcast.